You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to Smart Sex, Smart Love. We're talking about sex goes beyond the taboos and talking about love goes beyond the honeymoon. I'm Dr. Joe Court. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to Smart Sex, Smart Love, where talking about sex goes beyond the taboo and talking about love goes beyond the honeymoon. Today, my guest is me. I'm Dr. Joe Court, and I am going to be talking about mixed orientation marriages, which are also known as mixed orientation relationships. What is that? It's one gay, one, one straight spouse and one non-straight spouse. In general, when someone refers to a mixed orientation marriage, they're referring to somebody who has come out of the closet, lesbian, gay, bisexual, even transgender, and uh, has a straight heterosexual partner, and then the problems begin. Um, And I'll be talking about this. There are a younger generation of um, millennials, actually, and younger who are actually purposely marrying each other with mixed orientation uh, relationships. In other words, they're out and open about their um, queerness, about their, um, you know, sexual orientation, whether they're straight, gay, bi, lesbian, even transgender. And um, they are, are interested in, um, they fall in love with another person. It might be a different sexual orientation. It might even be a different gender identity. Um, person who is transgender, uh, genderqueer, uh, non-binary, um, and people are, are doing this. But in the older generations, I would say 30 and up, maybe 40 and up, that's not been the case. So I've been a therapist for 36 years, and I have always had a lot of empathy and a lot of compassion for these couples because um, I feel badly for them. They're, they're like, I think of it as like Will and Grace, the TV show, getting married. They love each other. They're best friends. And believe it or not, these couples have good sex. Some have great sex. Some have adequate sex. Some have no sex. Some have trouble with sex. But it's all over the board. But they love each other. And they have built a life around love. And they've had children. Why does this happen? You know, as people are listening, they're like, well, they shouldn't do it if they know they're gay. They don't know they're gay. So let's talk about that. We don't give children permission to know that they're gay or LGBT. We don't give permission to children to know that they're cisgender. The only thing we do is give children permission to believe and to know that they're heterosexual, they're cisgender. In other words, that if they were assigned male at birth or they were assigned female at birth, that that's who they are, that 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 is aligned, gender aligned with them. And then we throw them into the culture. And then if they have same sex thinking, same sex interest, um, gay interests, they call they to themselves. And I'll talk about this in this uh, podcast to themselves. They think, well, it's not my identity. It, it might be like my um, fetish, a kink, um, a sexual fantasy I'll never fulfill. It's just within myself. My religion tells me no. My culture tells me no. So I'm going to suppress this and I'm going to oppress this and myself and heterosexually marry because it's the right thing to do. And I believe I'm straight with some gay tendencies. And so they heterosexually marry and the wife often doesn't know it. So I tend to see the mixed orientation marriages I see are the straight women and the gay male, male or bisexual men sometimes. 
uh, or sexually fluid, which we'll talk about too. And so she's unsuspecting, unknowing. Sometimes she knows. Sometimes the guys will tell her, hey, I have gay sexual interests, but I'm not gay. Now, I know a lot of people will listen to this podcast and say, come on, if you have gay sexual interests, you're gay. I mean, that's the common uh, cultural thing to say. Uh, And it's very stigmatizing because if women have not one non-heterosexual thought, we don't say, come on, you're really a lesbian. We understand that women have fluidity in their their fantasies even. Uh, But we don't give men permission to have that. And because we stigmatize and because we don't give men permission, he doesn't know. He doesn't have the ability. He's never talked this out. Where would he go? Who do you go to talk to? Hey, I might be gay. I might not be gay. I don't know what's going on with me. So then he heterosexually marries. And uh, there's a comic, actually, his name is Jason Stewart, and he had this joke before same-sex marriage was legalized, and it it was, um, come on, straight people, if you let us marry each other, we'll stop marrying you. And I love that joke because it really speaks to what I'm saying here. If we let children and teenagers go inside and figure out their own sexual and gender identity, we will see less and less of these mixed orientation marriages that aren't uh, purposeful, that aren't intentional. But so far, I see there's we see them, and I think a lot of times the couples will end up coming to me because I don't judge them. I have no agenda. Sadly, most therapists think that they should uh, part ways and not. Uh, support the marriage, even if the couple wants the marriage to be supported and want to stay together. Most therapists rush in with their own countertransference, which is, I don't believe this. Uh, uh, my opinion matters over the couples. Uh, and uh, and they, they, they're they doing it with positive intent. It's not like these therapists are trying to harm you. They're trying to protect you, but it is not the way to protect these couples, it, unless that's the way the couple wants to go. If it's not the way the couple wants to go, then the therapist's job is to help them figure out what is the way. And I can appreciate therapists that try to separate the partners because if you do choose to stay, it's brutal. It's very emotionally taxing and difficult and can feel devastating. But that's the work. And and when you get past that work and people who do choose to stay together, they can make it work. They're not going to make it work in the same way the marriage was. You now have a new normal. And we'll talk about what that new normal is. But it, but at least couples have that chance. And so um, that, that's why they end up coming to me. And sometimes I, I think to myself, was I heterosexually married in another life? I mean, I don't believe in past lives, but I do understand these couples. Um, and when you sit in front of you, I, I have early memories of being in my 30s, uh, starting private practice. And seeing these couples come in, and it was devastating to watch. Honestly, I'm going to be honest. It's easier, although it's it's not fun, but it's easier to work with a couple that are telling each other to fuck off and giving each other the finger and I hate you and I can help with that conflict. But these are couples sitting in front of me that are full of love and affection and friendship toward each other. And I remember this one couple I sat with, um, they, she started to cry and uh, it was, it was uncontrollable. It was, it, it was, it wasn't screaming or drama. It was just this deep lot like grief. And then he started to, and then I started to, how can you not? I mean, I'm human. I'm sitting with these people. And then we held hands, all three of us and just cried together and weeped for a little bit to just acknowledge 
the pain that was in this room. And, um, you know, then we recovered from that and we continued on talking about what was going to happen. And, and I will tell you that particular couple, they stay in touch with me. I get uh, Christmas cards every year from them and a newsletter with them and, and they're doing well and they're, they stay together in their own way. Now you might think, well, what way? And I'll talk to you about that way. And you may not like that way. You may, a lot of people don't like that way. In fact, a lot of mixed orientation couples can't be out to other people or to other couples. They have to be in the closet. And the reason they have to be in the closet is the judgment, the criticism, the really the haters that are out there that say, what's wrong with you that you would stay with a gay husband? What's wrong with you, gay husband, that you would do this to your wife? And I just think it's it's an awful and um, uh, uh, it's it's uh, it's a naive and ignorance on people's parts to 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 disrespect an arrangement that a couple decides to make. Every couple has their own erotic thumbprint, and they deserve the right to acknowledge that thumbprint. And um, what did I say? Erotic thumbprint, marital thumbprint. I always say erotic thumbprint, marital thumbprint, and erotic thumbprint, whatever. And it's nobody's business, including a therapist, to tell a couple how they should be. So uh, they stay closeted. And so you don't know a lot of mixed orientation couples because they don't tell you. They don't want. So Esther Perel, Esther Perel is a great uh, relationship, sex and relationship therapist, if you don't know her, you should. Um, and she has this line because her work is all about infidelity and affairs. And she has a book called State of Affairs. It's a very good book. All her stuff is, is stellar. And she says, the old shame used to be when somebody would cheat on you um, to divorce and you would be shamed over that. The new shame is somebody cheats on you and you stay. And that's what people do when somebody has experienced an infidelity, everyone around them, you'll get more support to leave than you'll get the support to stay. And not even knowing, these people don't even know the inner workings of what's going on or why the infidelity happened. The same applies to mixed orientation couples. It's assumed, well, the betrayal is he lied to you. So the betrayal's right there. That's the infidelity. And so get rid of him. He's a villain. You're the victim to the straight wife and um, move on with your lives. Get a straight partner to the straight spouse, get a gay partner for the gay spouse. And everybody thinks they're, they're doing this in a loving way. And it isn't loving. Loving is respecting the couple, listening to what they need and what they want and giving them a judgment-free zone if you love these people. And that's what I do. I give them a judgment-free zone. And um, it's not to say at all that for many of these couples, they don't make it and they don't want to, and they move on. Um, but that's their choice, not mine. So um, that's what I want to talk about is really helping people understand, you know, what happens for these couples? You know, why, uh, why you know, and, and what kind of supports are around for these couples? Because there's not a lot of support. And um, so the first thing is, you know, the support began, I think it might have been the, the late 70s or early 80s. Amity Buxton Pierce, I think now her name might be just Amity Pierce. She wrote this great book at the time. It was great called The Other Side of the Closet. And she was the first um, person to say, hey, listen, this is really hard. And um, I'm a straight spouse and I had this happen to me. Now, the book is old enough to be outdated, and the research that is in that book um, doesn't really apply today. And, and when you, you should know this, that there really isn't any good research to begin with out there on this. Um, people haven't kept it up. So if you go looking through the internet, the research is 
like dismal or abysmal. I don't know the word. Terrible. It, it basically says only, I don't really even want to quote the research because it's so old and it's not true. There's a new, um, I forget her name. I meant to have it here for this podcast. Uh, her name is Jennifer. She's from the University of Minnesota Sexual Health uh, Program. And she's studying, she did a lit review of um, all the mixed orientation articles out, out there and publications. And she basically said, look, we need new research. And I think she and another co-researcher um, are doing it right now. There was a book that came out later that was called When Your Spouse Comes Out, um, Straight Mates Recovery Manual. It's from, uh, I think she might be from Australia. It was Carol Griever. Her book was better uh, more because it was later. So we knew more, but it's still not great. Um, a better book, the only book actually that we have out there for lesbians or bisexual women who are involved with straight men is called Living Two Lives. And it's by Joanne Fleischer. Now that book was written in 2006. It has not been updated. Uh, so I always put a little you know, um, let you know that some things you're going to read in there are a little outdated. And I've talked to the author about her updating that book because it's a good book. What do you do when you're, because the book is called Living Two Lives in Love with a Man, I mean, in Love with a Woman, but Married to a Man. Um, and, and that's important stuff. Oh, I found her name. Thank goodness. So the, the researcher's name is Jennifer A. Venzel. And, and she's doing the work with Sarah J. Williams. So if you're listening to this podcast and uh, you don't know how to spell it. I'll, I'll just contact me and I'll give you all this information. The other thing that's available for the straight spouse is the straight spouse network. And that's www.ssnetwk.org. Now they've updated all of their stuff. And um, thankfully, because that too used to have outdated research. And, um, and it's an awesome place for any person, man or woman or any gender, who finds themselves in a mixed orientation marriage and to be able to talk to other people on what's going on. How did, how did you deal with this? If you go to my website, joecourt.com and you click on mixed orientation marriages in there, I have various other groups that people can join anonymously. And by the way, straight spouse network can also be joined anonymously. It's all online, but there are groups called alternate paths and uh, if you click on that on my website, you'll, it'll take you to a Yahoo group and it's couples talking about what they're all going through. And they actually will meet once or twice a year at a conference and address it. And it helps them feel like they aren't alone because can you imagine you, you, you can't tell people well, see, so what happens is the gay husband comes out and uh, now the straight spouse goes in right? He's out of the closet. Now she's in a closet. And who is she going to tell? And often he doesn't want her to tell. He's not ready for people to know. So by the time they come in my office, she's living with this stress, the stress of what's happening with her marriage and the stress of not having anyone to talk to. And I always tell them this really isn't fair. She deserves just as much as he deserves a place to talk about this and get support because it's devastating. Your marriage may not make it. And, and it's out of the blue. You don't even know it. It's out of the blue for both. I don't think people understand this is a two-person crisis. It is out of the blue for the gay partner because they thought they could make it without acting on their homosexuality or their being lesbian or bisexuality. They thought they could go on and uh, it would stay a fetish. It would stay on underground, but it doesn't. What happens over time for any gay person, any LGBT person is you, you are moving into a trajectory of coming out. And that may happen years and years and years later, because you've been taught to suppress it 
in your adolescence. So now they're going through the coming out process and they can't keep it in the closet anymore. And um, so anyways, it's just so devastating. Sometimes I, I meet these couples and the wife has been living with the secret for maybe two years with nobody to tell. And they don't, they don't know about the resources or too afraid to go. So I tell them you need to go and you can be anonymous, uh, but there needs to be one person she can tell at least so that she's not living like this and living in these ways. There's also a group for men, husbands out to their wives. And it's awesome. And it's a support group for men and they're all at different stages. And I've always been about support groups because you get different paradigms by listening to how other people deal with things. You, you learn things you would have never thought of. And that's the way that you can come to your own conclusion. This isn't about getting into a group and finding someone else's conclusion. It's finding yours by listening to others. So now the partner has come out of the closet. And like I said, she goes in. Now she has her stages of coming out. So the first is obviously disorientation and disbelief. You know, it's unbelievable at first. Um, I will tell you that what's common in these couples is uh, once he tells or once so it's, it's actually it's actually less about him telling her. She often discovers it through the Internet. Uh, he's left his you know history up uh, and porn or whatever it is. So it's really that's the devastation. Right. It's, it's awful for uh, her to find this alpha for him to be discovered. But once they get past that, they start to have sex like they've never had sex before. Good sex. Um, hot sex. And and then they think, okay, we can make this work. Maybe this was just something you had to get out of your system now that you know. But what's happened is that, and we'll talk about this in a minute. It's really like a honeymoon period. He feels released and liberated. He feels known. And there's a release of sexual energy. And she feels like, oh my God, um, you you love me enough that you would want to stay with me and, and, and um, make our sex life better. Uh, but it really is often short-lived. In my experience in the room, now there are couples that go on for years like this, but it's usually a few months and then it goes back to, okay, um, you know, and that's where the disbelief comes in. It's disorienting. Like, what are you? Are you gay? Then how are we able to have this sexual contact? And And then there's facing and acknowledging the reality here. And that takes time. We all know that when you learn something new, I mean, COVID, think of, you know, um, just the pandemic, how hard that was uh, to get wrap around. Um, and then accepting, okay, I accept this, this really happened, you know, um, what am I going to do? And then letting go, letting go doesn't have to mean divorce. Letting go might mean a separation. And people always misunderstand separations. They, everyone thinks it means divorce. And it doesn't. Because listen, many people separate and come back together, but they don't tell you that when you meet couples and they say, we've been together 15 years, they don't say, and we were separated for five. Nobody's going to tell you that it's private and it's shameful for some people. So it's letting go of the old relationship so that you can decide if you want to be in a new relationship with your partner and then the healing, you know, the healing of whatever that looks like for you and your husband or just for yourself, then reconfiguring and refocusing. What's the new monogamy going to look like? What's the new arrangement? Non-monogamy. I don't know. It's up to the couple. And then transforming the relationship, transforming you, transforming the gay partner. And there are four stages for couples as a whole together. It's usually humiliation, right? He's humiliated. He's been discovered. She's humiliated that she married a man who didn't tell her and she's angry. And why didn't you tell me? And you tricked me and I was your beard and none of this was real. And that's often not the case. Now, there are lots of men who do this purposely and don't care and are psychopathic, you know, or don't have a conscience. 
I don't see those guys. Those don't, those men don't make it to my office and I wouldn't want to see them. I see the guys that really did it with good faith and love. And um, they didn't mean to deceive her uh, because they were deceiving themselves. So they didn't, they really didn't know. Um, the second is the honeymoon. And that's when the, the sex gets better. And, and, and often what ends up happening is the gay man uh, will go out in the community and, you know, it depends on how old he is, but the gay community, you have to learn it. You don't grow up in a, you know, like my grandmother and mother taught me how to be a Jew, but I didn't have anybody taught me how to be a gay. You know what I mean? So, and then what kind of gay am I, you know, I, where do I, so when I came out, I had to like go to bars and events and, and figure out where are my people? I, just because you're gay doesn't mean we all have something in common. So often what happens is the gay guy will go out and not find his people with a sense of belonging. And then he'll come back to her and say, I don't want to do this. These men are not for me. Um, and the community is not for me. And she feels like, okay, you love me enough that you're willing to stay. And he feels like you love me enough that you're willing to take me back. But that's often short-lived. It can be longer lived. I'm making sweeping generalizations, but that's often short-lived. And then he wants to go back out because he finds his people. He might still be on the internet. He might still be looking. And now there's rage and rage on her part. Rage. Why did you do this to me? You're, it's like being gaslighted, really. You feel very lied to, very um, you know, misled, and you're in and you're out. And then he feels rage because he's now in the stage of coming out that we call the gay adolescence. This is usually when uh, men and any LGBT person, you know, sort of like, I want the world to know I'm going to be in your face. I had a client, I've had clients, I'm not going to talk about one client, but I've had clients that they don't understand. They misinterpret their partner, their female spouse as a parent. And because in their head, well, she won't let me do this and she won't let me do that. And I say, it's not that she won't let you, she's your wife, right? And she's not your mother. And um, she doesn't like that you want to go out and do things and be with people that are going to take you away from her. But it's hard for the gay guys to see this at the time. So he's in, he's in angry and he's just going through his gay adolescence, I call it. Um, it. But it needs to be addressed. And then the resolution. How are we, that's stage four. How do we resolve this? What are we going to do? Are we going to stay together? Are we not going to stay together? Um, and then basically um, I have to, there's a lot of guilt in the um, gay partner uh, or lesbian partner or bisexual partner, because even though they didn't know, they still feel badly. They didn't tell that it was even like in their head. So they usually take on a hundred percent of the responsibility, a hundred percent of the guilt. And they'll say to me, I'm not going to get a lawyer. I'm going to give my partner everything they want. And I say to them, that's not a smart move. You need to be able to protect yourself just like she needs to be protecting herself. Yes, you need to be more accountable about this and more responsible, but you deserve to protect yourself uh, as you're doing this too. So um, we talk about that, all of us, if they're willing and able to uh, do this as a couple. And then um, if the couple decides to stay together, it's a brutal ride. I'm not going to lie because he's getting more of what he wants as a gay guy and he gets to keep her and his love with her. She's getting to keep him because she wants him, but she's getting less of what she wants. And, you know, I know people say he wants his cake and eat it too. Well, that is kind of happening, but but it's a reality here. And he doesn't want to lose her, not because of uh, of anything that's um, negative. I mean, that's like, well, you know, I, I, I want to keep my life and I don't want to, it's I want to keep my wife. I, I don't want to lose her. Now you might, and you may have to face that reality, but if the couple is, looks at me and says, we don't want to, then I say, then how do we go forward? And 
often for the gay man, it's opening up the relationship and letting him sexually express himself, romantically express himself. And she may or may not want to do the same, sexually express herself to partners and go out dating. That happens. People don't like to hear that. Um, They think if you're going to do that, why stay married? Because they want to stay married. I can't say it enough. If the couple wants to stay married, it should be their choice. Now, I will say that if the guy is bisexual, there's more of a chance of the marriage being able to stay together and be monogamous even. He may need to have a bisexual adolescence and go out and explore sexually and erotically and romantically. I've had this happen a lot in my work. And then he comes back to her because he's bisexual and he never had that chance. He never had a bisexual adolescence. So he just has to go through it. But then bisexuals make choices and they can, they can be with men or women. And he chose a woman and he stays with her and can choose monogamy. It's different for gay men because yes, he chose her and he's in love with her, but she's usually the only woman that he's been able to have sex with and be romantically involved with his, his orientation is to men. So, um, and so, and so, and so that being the reason, uh, and the reality, then it's harder for him to go back into any kind of closet. Um, I, you know, maybe I'll do another one of these with um, somebody that's an expert in the field as well. Uh, maybe with a straight spouse, that would be a nice, um, you know, back and forth. Uh, if somebody's willing to do that, I have been on podcasts about this. I was on the straight spouse network. They have a podcast and I talk about it. Um, and, and in that one, I talk about sometimes the guy's not gay. He just has homoerotic interest. He's bi curious. He's sexually fluid. I mean, there's so many possibilities here. It's, there's not just one. Just like in the marriage, there's lots of possibilities on how they go forward. There's not just one. So if anything, um, I hope that this was informative for you. And um, maybe at, uh, if you're the straight spouse or you're the gay spouse, it gives you a different paradigm and how to look at things. Um, I do have a book, uh, Is My Husband Gay, Straight or Bi? I talk about the mixed orientation marriage and relationship in that book. There's a chapter in there on it and uh, what people can do or not do. And um, it'll be, and it's on my website. If you go to joecourt.com um, and TikTok, I've tried to make some TikTok videos about it too. And um, just know you're not alone, uh, that I see you. Uh, a lot of therapists do see you, but they need to be trained in it. You got to find the right therapist. And um, that, you know, that you, I get that this is hard to come out because you're a stigmatized population of people that have strong ag- agendas against you. And you need to just have a fuck it mentality and fuck them. And that's not your trajectory. You know what you want and you have the love of your life in front of you and you'll decide together how that's going to look. And if it looks like it won't stay together, that's okay too. So I'm Dr. Joe Court and you can find me at www.joekort.com. Thanks for listening. If you liked uh, this uh, podcast and the rest of my podcast, I hope that you'll um you know, give me some reviews and I'll see you next time. And please stay safe. Thanks for listening to this episode of Smart Sex, Smart Love. I'm Dr. Joe Court and you can find me on joecourt.com. That's J-O-E-K-O-R-T.com. See you next time.